This is the Joe and Amber podcast. This is Joe and Amber, Joe Fortenbaugh and Amber Wilson hanging out with you. All you have to do is tell your smart speakers to play ESPN radio. It is that simple. We know Lamar Jackson wants out of Baltimore. We have no idea if Lamar Jackson is going to find himself out of Baltimore at any point or if he'll find himself eventually reaching some sort of conclusion regarding his contract with the Baltimore Ravens. Nevertheless, it's very fun to think about if he is on the move, where would that move be? Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career path with flexibility and great pay and benefits? Go to Progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. So, Joe, a lot of people are discussing the Indianapolis Colts as a likely landing destination for Lamar Jackson. You know the Colts are a team that is in desperate need of a quarterback, but also the Colts are a team that's sitting there in that NFL draft with that fourth overall pick I know that in not all states you can do this type of betting so I know you guys haven't been spending much time on this on the daily wager some states allow it though so break this down for me because I understand in terms of odds the Colts are the favorites as well and I'm a little surprised just because like I said the Colts look like they're headed to draft a quarterback they are the favorites. They are the favorites indeed. Plus 225. Three states in the country offer this market. Market meaning the opportunity to bet on Lamar Jackson's next landing spot. Now, keep in mind, these odds are based on him not returning to the Ravens. If he returns to the Ravens, all bets are refunded. You can make these bets in Colorado, Illinois, and Maryland. Colts are the favorites at plus 225, meaning a $100 wager returns $225 in profit. Patriots are second at plus 450. Falcons third at six to one, Buccaneers eight to one, Jets nine to one, Panthers, Commanders, Titans, Dolphins, 49ers, all on the list as well. Indianapolis is intriguing because they do hold the fourth overall pick in the draft. And general manager Chris Ballard has talked about the idea that they will kick the tires on trading for Lamar Jackson, something that almost every other team has declined to at least admit to. Keep in mind, Chris Ballard took over as the general manager in 2017, six years on the job. During that time, Indianapolis is 45, 52, and 1. They've been to the playoffs twice. They've won one game. They just watched the Panthers trade up for the number one overall pick, which means a quarterback's probably going 1, 2, and then with Arizona in front of them at number 3, someone could trade up to get in front of Indy to grab yet another quarterback. So in terms of the rookie market, they're a bit jammed up. Since Ballard's taken over, these are his starting quarterbacks, Amber. Jacoby Brissett, Scott Tolzien, Andrew Luck, Brian Hoyer, Philip Rivers, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, Sam Ellinger, Nick Foles. They have got to get that position figured out. Ooh, uh, that is quite the list. But here's the thing. The story with the Colts is they bring in the vet guy, like they just did with Matt Ryan, right? Like they bring in the older vet guy. It doesn't work out. They've tried that numerous times. Isn't Lamar Jackson one of those? I mean, I know he's only 26, but he's coming off of a rookie deal. This will be his second deal. He's won an MVP. He is a veteran. So I thought that the philosophy with Indianapolis was going to be, okay, enough of that. We can't keep bringing in these quarterbacks from the outside, these veteran guys. It has not panned out for us. We got to do this through the draft like we have traditionally done that's the only place that we have success at that position and so they'd be looking at either that four spot or looking to maybe even move up to two or three there to go ahead and get their guy on a rookie deal Lamar Jackson ain't on a rookie deal Lamar Jackson wants to be the highest paid player in NFL history and you have to give up two first rounders to get him 
Exactly. So what Ballard's essentially saying, and I know we have the quote, anytime a special player is available, which he is, you've got to do the work. I'm not going to get into deep discussions on where it's at or what we're doing or what we might do. But what I'll tell you is he's a really good player, really special player. But you never know how any of this will work out, end quote. That's Chris Pallard, the general manager of the Colts on Lamar Jackson. And he's right. Washington, Atlanta, all of these teams should be doing the work on Lamar Jackson. Doing the work doesn't mean making the deal. It just means doing the work. For Ron Rivera, the head coach of the Commanders, to basically come out and say, no, we're not even looking into it, we're good, that's negligence on his behalf. As the head coach of that team, as one of the leaders of that organization, that is negligence if you're not going to look into it at the very least. See, I don't think so at all. And this is what we keep doing to these organizations, and particularly with Washington and with the Falcons. And I know we're going to talk about the Falcons in a little bit more depth here coming up in just a few minutes. But when it comes to the Washington Commanders, we're talking about a team... That is for sale. I mean, they're down to, what, two bidders at this point? I mean, people are in the process of attempting to buy the Washington Commanders. So if you're spending billions of dollars on that team, do you want the Commanders in the interim to go and not just chalk up any old contract and bring in any old guy, but the guy who is, again, going to be the highest paid, we think, player in NFL history. Is it smart for a team that is for sale to put $300 million into an escrow account? Because that's what you're asking the Washington Commanders to do if they reach the deal with Lamar Jackson that reportedly Lamar Jackson wants because all those guaranteed dollars have to go into an escrow account up front. I don't find it shocking that a franchise in that situation wouldn't be able to make that move right now. And I think everyone's sort of overlooking that when we have this conversation about the Washington Commanders. So let's say you're the owner of the team, a fan of the team, but not a decision maker. If you're the owner, you're turning it over to the front office. You want to know that after all these years of not having competent quarterback play, of being one of the worst franchises in the NFL, you want your team's official position to be on an MVP quarterback in his mid-20s who's available to be, we're not even looking into it. I didn't say sign him. I said, you're not even going to look into it yes because think they about can't. that I, because i think that they can't because if i'm the snyders in this situation i'm saying nobody's making any moves like you're not making any monster moves what is even the point like what honestly like why, why do the snyders even, even want to make that move and even want to be on the hook for paying that guy when they're selling the team right now and all these team valuation experts will tell you that doesn't actually move the needle in terms of valuation like that so it's not like if they bring in lamar jackson instantly the franchise is worth more that's not how it works i mean over time with Super Bowl wins and all that, you could make that argument. You can't make that argument the day the transaction's done. So the Snyders are on their way out. It makes sense to me that the Snyders would tell the front office, we're not doing any of this. Like, you can't you can't make those moves. So why would they even go down that path if they can't make those moves right now? Now, maybe if a new ownership comes in and Lamar's still available, but who knows what that process is going to be like. Maybe it's a different story than a Kevin Durant situation with the Phoenix Suns. Bada bing, bada boom, new owner, we get stuff moving. But if the guy's on his way out, he's not allowing the front office to make any moves, then I don't really see the point of the front office or the head coach then disrupting things in that quarterback room and taking a flamethrower to the quarterback room, which is what happens when you flirt with the quarterback on the outside. So you're advocating for the fact that if a guy has $6 billion to spend on a team, an extra $250 million is going to be the breaking point for him? 
for well, a no. quarterback, first quarterback that's competent in, say, 20 years since Brunel? But it's, it's not it's – not, does the guy have $6 billion who's buying the team and then he's going to be upset that they spent $300 million on a guy? That's not the scenario. It's a salary cap sport. Right. So it's, hey, what position does this contract that you just handed out as we're attempting to buy the team mean for the future of my team and everything else that I'm on the hook for now financially because it is a cap sport? It ain't baseball. So it's more complicated than that when you're looking, I would imagine, at the overall structure of this team moving forward. And I would just think that in that situation, those sorts of decisions are not easily made when the team is quite literally on the trading block. Understood. But the and so alternative you're not trying to take a, a flamethrower to Sam Howell in in the process. Like what's no, the but, point but of that's, that? No, but that's that's but there you, you can't go. Even your, flirt with Lamar. Your alternative is you don't have to spend the money. You your salary cap is protected. Sam Howell or Jacoby Brissett are your quarterbacks, and 2023 looks like every other year we've seen from Washington over the last. Well, that's years. probably true until the new ownership comes in, and then hopefully they'll change things by but getting a quarterback who possibly in, won an MVP in, award like Lamar Jackson. Well, and, and well, I don't listen. I'm not one who necessarily thinks Lamar Jackson walks into Washington that they're winning a Super Bowl the next day, anyways. But again, that would be a decision that I would imagine would be up to the new ownership. Because why would the Snyder? Why are the Snyder's bringing in the guy to to win the Super Bowl? Even if you thought Lamar was going to do that year one, I would like, say what, what that- benefit is it to them to make that decision right now? What benefit is it to them? to hand out anything like that or put any of that money into an escrow account right now. Again, it doesn't affect the valuation of the franchise immediately, so what is the benefit? Just to the start winning games. out, man. They packed their stuff up. They left the facility. They're donezo. Does he need to sign off on it? They, they, so by that, by oh, that yeah, logic, sure. it's what's the point of going to the draft and making a pick? What's the point of signing anyone or trading anyone or letting anyone go? Now, that being said... That- yeah, I would imagine no, by the league rules that you have to do that, frankly. Well, yeah, I mean, you got to conduct business. You, you got to try to get better. Business. You can't just wait. Right. I would say this, though. I thought that was such a good discussion between the two of us. That's it. We're done for today. I think someone else can take over for the next seven segments. We're, we're toast. I'm, I'm going to go crack open a cold one, James. I'll see ya. I mean, I'm good with that. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll cut that, and we'll just air it for <laughs> the next two hours. That was good Let's stuff. That's it. how you have a discussion, ladies and gentlemen. You don't need to scream and yell at each other, even though Amber being clearly Unless- wrong was upset and it finds herself <laughs> in a situation now where it's very dicey going forward. Anyway, what's coming up next on the show? Unless you're on first take. Uh, but here on Joe and Amber, <laughs> you're right. We don't need to scream and yell at each other. At Joe Fortenbaugh, that's how you find him on social. At Amber W Sports, that is how you find me. Coming up next, we're going to talk more about this Lamar Jackson situation, but I want to get into the Atlanta angle. Are the Falcons really all in on Desmond Ritter. This is Joe and Amber at ESPN Radio. You can also listen to us on the ESPN app. Joe and Amber, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. 
You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Just got off to a heated start. Heated. Is it going to stay heated throughout the show? That is the question. But but first, before we fight to the death, or argue to the death, as (laughs) I once very famously said on this show, Joe's going to try to earn you some money. So we're going to play nice first. Let's get to it. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. Very casual night last night to start the week. We made one bet. We won that one bet. We're plus one unit from that bet. Overall, 57 and 59, sub 500, but it's the units that matter, and we are still profitable at plus 7.1. First bet tonight tips off at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Had we been able to talk to you 15 minutes ago, 20 minutes ago, it would have been a different story. The news is out that Jimmy Butler is going to miss tonight's game, so the line jumped up. We're playing the Raptors minus six over the Miami Heat. Butler out. Miami, the fewest point spread covers in the entire NBA. They're a good team. They win a lot of games. They just don't cover a lot of spreads. They're 7-16 and against the number over their last 23 games. Toronto at home this season, 25-14. and They've missed one point spread cover over their last nine. We're going to lay the six with the Raptors over the Heat. Unnecessary shots at my Miami Heat. Just completely unnecessary. No, no, no. I said they're very good. They just don't cover the spread. Mm, It's okay. Mm -hmm. And also told people to bet against them tonight. So a lot, speaking of shots, taking shots at a team, a lot of people have been taking shots at the Atlanta Falcons because they're a team that people expected would be in on the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes. They made it very clear from the moment that he was hit with the non-exclusive tag that they are not in, that they are not interested in pursuing Lamar Jackson. That has shocked people, shocked people because it's a team that's in need of a quarterback or so it appears, unless you think Desmond Ritter is the guy. And then also it shocked people because they were so in on Deshaun Watson. And I think that's what people can't get over is the fact that that was the team it looked like Deshaun Watson wanted to go to was the team that wanted him. And then all of a sudden the Cleveland Browns came in and offered money that the Atlanta Falcons just couldn't compete with. He swerved at the last second. He ended up in Cleveland. So naturally, why wouldn't they go after a similar quarterback that actually has an MVP under their belt? Well, I wonder if we're going to end up fighting about this, Joe, because we kind of disagreed on the Washington commander's position. I can also see it here from the Falcons' perspective, where the Falcons are saying that their plan is to move forward with Desmond Ritter. Here is Arthur Smith, the Falcons' head coach. Very clear. The plan is obviously to start Desmond. That's our plan going forward right now. You know, there's a guy that's started the last four games. I thought he made a significant improvement. It was first start, second start, third and fourth. We expect him to make a, another leap this offseason. So there's all these little things you can work on, lower body mechanics, 
uh, you know, being more comfortable. You know, when you don't change systems on guys all the time, that helps too. Mm-hmm. Learning curve, and they, they come back in. What you're focusing on, and not trying to memorize new, you know, new formations and all. Everything's foreign to them. So uh, we, we expect a significant growth for him. So they're expecting significant growth. They're expecting to see that growth because they're expecting to start him at the beginning of the season. And I guess I don't think it's so insane that if the Falcons actually felt like this Desmond Ritter guy has talent and has somewhere to go. I'm not saying that they think Desmond Ritter is Patrick Mahomes, but if you think Desmond Ritter is good enough, you have that guy on a rookie deal and you have a lot of other needs there in Atlanta. Why then would you pivot and pay the dude who, again, is asking to be the highest paid player in NFL history and also would cost you two first rounders in the process if you have a guy who you think has the talent to go ahead and grow with your organization. You're not Super Bowl ready anyways. He's on a rookie deal for three more years, I think because he's a third rounder, right? So three more years. Correct. And also in a very weak conference that might be very winnable or at least you can compete in with say, a Desmond Ritter, if he ends up being half decent. I mean, it's counterintuitive, counterproductive, whatever you want to say, to burn a third-round pick on a quarterback and then not go out there and try to give him an opportunity to see what he's got. Like, how stupid would that be? How much of a wasted pick is it to go out there and say, all right, weak quarterback class, we need a quarterback, we're drafting Desmond Ritter out of Cincinnati, third round. And then to go out there and sign Lamar Jackson. Like, I understand if you love Lamar Jackson, you want to make that move. Great. That could be a huge upgrade. But why the hell did you draft Ritter and give him four games where it wasn't great, but he wasn't terrible, right? couple touchdown passes, no interceptions, was okay. Would What you would expect as a rookie quarterback. He was 2-2 two and two in those games. He completed 64% of his passes. Nothing to be too excited about, but the team wasn't all that good to begin with. So if you want to try to build around him and continue to get something going, so be it. But you better be confident that he's your guy because Arthur Smith's been in Atlanta a couple years and it hasn't gone very well. So you drafted the guy for a reason. If you want to give him a fair shake at the job, I don't see anything against that at all. But I thought this team would have been a prime candidate to go after Lamar Jackson. I think ultimately what's keeping people away from Jackson is the fact that he wants a fully guaranteed deal. Until he moves off of that position, I think there are a lot of teams that are just simply going to pass because they're not willing to make that sort of transaction. Well, I think that's part of it. I also think that you saw what happened with Deshaun Watson. Like, yes, the Falcons were in on Deshaun Watson. Then they saw the Browns win that. And then we saw what happened with the Cleveland Browns. And so maybe they're in Atlanta, like, whew, you know, we dodged one there. Good thing that we didn't end up in that situation that we thought at one point that we wanted to be in with Deshaun Watson. All the more reason, maybe, why they then wouldn't move forward and go after Lamar Jackson. When you were out last Friday being a complete nerd at SmackDown, (laughs) Michael Rothstein filled in for you. He covers the Falcons for us at NFL Nation. And he was clearly frustrated when I was talking to him about this situation in Atlanta with some of the coverage because people are acting like Atlanta is doing something wrong. Like it's like it's egregious. Worst organization in the world. They must be colluding if they're not going after Lamar Jackson and they're trying to move forward with Desmond Ritter. I, I Look, they, they've been lousy for a while. They have the money. They have the need. They're a perfect candidate. So I can understand why fans would be banged up because, again, Ritter's a third-round pick from a very weak quarterback class. So he doesn't inspire a lot of confidence. But if you're going to spend that pick, you got to give him an opportunity. Otherwise, what was the point of making the selection?
And maybe, just maybe, they actually do see something in that guy. Joe and Amber's presented by Progressive Insurance. Coming up, is Bill Belichick on the hot seat? We'll get into that next. Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio, also on the ESPN app. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Hanging out with you here on Joe and Amber. All you ever have to do is tell your smart speakers to play Joe and Amber, ESPN Radio. It is that simple. It is time now for us to review the sound that we may have missed the last 24 hours. Let's get to it. They said it, but what did they really mean? What are you trying to say to us? Sound on, sound off with Joe and Amber. The New England Patriots, they missed the playoffs last season. So sad. And have a sub 500 record. So fun to say, you know, because like I couldn't say it for like 20 years. No. Oh, it's just as a Dolphins fan, beautiful to say. Anyways, sub 500 record, including the playoffs since Tom Brady left for Tampa Bay. We heard yesterday from Bill Belichick about why Pats fans should have hope about the future of the franchise. He referenced, you know, the last 25 years. Fair. Also on Monday, owner Robert Kraft was asked about if Belichick would be around long enough to break down Don Shula's career wins record here was his response. Look, I'd like him to break Don Shula's record, but um, I'm not looking for any of our players to great, get great stats. That isn't, we're, we're about winning and doing whatever we can to win, and that's what our focus is now. And uh, I, it's very important to me that we uh, make the playoffs, and that's what I hope happens next year. We bring in our producer, James Steele. Yeah, so uh, Joe, from that soundbite from Robert Kraft, how hot do you think Bill Belichick's seat is this year? Two takeaways on that commentary. Number one, you never want to come out and give overwhelming praise to the point where Belichick doesn't have to feel any sort of urgency, right? Like, we all knew there was going to be a transition in the post-Brady era, but it hasn't gone great for New England, and that's all right. But Kraft can't come out and say, no, no, Bill's our guy forever. He's going to be here as long as he wants, because then Belichick might start to get a little sloppy. Not to say necessarily that he would. It's Bill Belichick. But you want to keep people hungry, right? Belichick works for Kraft. Kraft wants to send a message. Number two, I wouldn't be surprised if a small part of this might be Kraft trying to convince Belichick that they should go after Lamar Jackson. And right now, Belichick's not on board. So they're kind of maybe behind the scenes having a bit of a tiff over that topic. If they're having like eight win seasons, I mean, Bill Belichick is years removed from being able to break Don Shula's all-time wins record Anyways, Don Shula's wins record is 347 career victories overall, 328 regular season victories. Bill Belichick does hold it for postseason victories, but in terms of uh, touching that number for 347 for total overall career wins, he's still got years to go. Bill Belichick is 70 years old. I feel like that was the reference there from Robert Kraft. He is 70 years young. 70 years ago, how much longer is he going to want to do this? And is he going to want to continue to do it if he's having mediocre season after mediocre season after mediocre season? So, no, I don't think that there's anything hot about Bill Belichick's seat, but I just don't know if Bill's going to want to stick around long enough in order to try to break it unless this franchise finds itself a 
Tom Brady real quick and ends up winning a ton of games uh, very, very soon. We all know that Josh Allen, staying inside the same division, isn't afraid to use his legs to make plays for the Buffalo Bills. Last year, he got a little banged up a couple of times. Is it time for Josh Allen to change the way that he plays? Here's his head coach, Sean McDermott. I don't think that that's a healthy way to play quarterback in this league. It's really undefeated that things are going to happen when you play that that style, that brand of football. And so we've got to get that adjusted. It's never going to go completely away, but it has to get to where it's workable. I don't want to take his, his personality away from him as far as that goes, his signature. But there needs to be an adjustment in that style of play. Amber, does Josh Allen need to change the way he plays? Probably so. And I, I do think, you know, it's interesting hearing his head coach really say it and address it straight on. I'm sort of surprised by that. It almost leads me to believe that if Sean McDermott is telling us that publicly, then what kind of conversations are they having behind the scenes that Josh Allen just hasn't been able to execute? Like, were they telling him all last season, stop playing like this? Because I still saw Josh Allen make a ton of plays last season that would make Bill's fans hold their breath. And it didn't, he's an unbelievable player. He's a dynamic player. I think he's so, so fun to watch him play that game. But I can also understand why there is concern there, the way that he plays it from his organization. I just wonder, Joe, if there's some sort of you know, issue. Like if, if the coach is saying it to the press, then the coach is saying it behind the scenes as well. So is Josh Allen just not able to change the way he plays? Because I don't know if it's that easy. If your instinct is to use your legs more, it might come down to in those moments when there's a broken play that you go straight instinctual. It might not be as easy to change your stripes as you're thinking. The problem isn't his legs. The problem is his shoulders. He decides to run, and rather than slide to avoid contact, he lowers his shoulder and welcomes the contact. And that is what McDermott is talking about. They want him to run. They want him to be Josh Allen. They don't want him taking all of these hits. Russell Wilson, a long, long time ago, before everyone was making the jokes about Russell Wilson in Denver, was incredible at this. Dropping back, buying time, seeing there was nothing down the field, running, and then sliding. Yes, you're not going to get the extra three to four yards, but you're going to turn a negative play into a positive play, and you're going to live to fight another down. Josh Allen, part of the reason everyone loves him so much is because he's so damn tough, but that's not what you want from a quarterback you're playing 35 plus million dollars a year to. You want him around long term. The only way to do that is to stay healthy. He takes too many big shots. Justin Fields takes too many big shots. They add up and they eventually lead to injuries like, oh, I don't know. Who's the other quarterback out there that's trying to get paid but can't because some people feel he gets hurt too often? That's right, Lamar Jackson. Or even to another extent, like a Cam Newton, right, whose career is shortened or an RG3 where they come into the league, they have the promise, they have the talent, but the style of play runs them into the ground. And look what we just saw Cam doing to even just try to get back into the league. You don't want to see Josh Allen's career take any sort of path that resembles any of that if you can help it. Maybe Josh Allen needs to go to jiu-jitsu. That's what Tua Tungvaloa is doing right now, apparently. Mike McDaniel, he said yesterday at the owners' meetings that uh, he's very proud of the way things are going with Tua and his jiu-jitsu and the way that he's learning to fall different. 
Because it's, it can't be easy if you're Josh Allen. You've been playing your whole life this way, right? I mean, your whole life, you've been lowering your shoulders. You've been welcoming the contact. You're a big dude. You're a big dude. At the, you're an unusually big dude at that position, right? And in a bulky dude, like, you can take the hits. You can lower your shoulders. You can cause some damage. And I would imagine you want to if you're Josh Allen and that, that you're so used to that because you've been able to do that and use that to your advantage, your entire playing life, and now all of a sudden you have to change it because they're worried about your longevity. Look at Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz was the same thing. He could not stop lowering his shoulder, and all he does is get hurt. He's injury-prone because he takes way too many hits. Brady has survived as long as he has because Brady knows that trick just like Peyton Manning did. Right when you're about to get hit, just go down and take the sack. Mm -hmm. Who cares? People look at that and they go, oh, man, what a sissy. Live the fight another down. You're going down either either way. Why take the hit that comes with it? Yeah, and it's hard to call you a sissy when you're 45 years old and still playing football. Joel Embiid didn't play last night in a much-anticipated game against fellow MVP candidate Nikola Jokic and the Denver Nuggets. Joe was upset about it last night, and today Kendrick Perkins wondered if Embiid might be afraid of Jokic. We know how much it means to him to win this award. And here it is. You gave Jokic a spanking when they was down there in Philly. You have to give him an opportunity to get his lick back. You cannot sit out this game. I would have rather him sit out against the Phoenix Suns when it comes down to these moments and these matchups. I have a vote. I have a vote. And when I go and I vote and I'm looking at the MVP and who I'm going to pencil in, I'm going to remember this moment. It's only fair. Jokic, he showed up to work in Philly. You have to give him his league back. Giannis showed up in Denver. Although they got whooped, he still was available. The series tied 1-1. You have to show up and play this game no matter what if you're Joel Embiid. And right now, from my eyes and me hearing it, it seemed like he's ducking the smoke a little bit. Joe, what do you think? Was Embiid ducking Jokic last night? I'll go ahead and support that. I don't know if he was, but you know what? That, that was such chicken crap last night, not playing in that game. Everyone was looking forward to it. We talked about that game for two weeks on Daily Wager. Two weeks because we thought it was going to have a major impact in the MVP race. But for a good reason. Because the two guys were going to play each other and they were going to lay it all out there. This is Bud Crawford and um, and Errol Spence not fighting each other. This is the problem with boxing. You can never get, well, by the way, ESPN top rank just announced late May, Vasily Lomachenko right here in Vegas against Devin Haney for the Undisputed Lightweight Championship of the World. Boom, boom, boom. That's how we do it at ESPN. But I digress. This idea that those two weren't going to go toe-to-toe, okay, Embiid, you sit the night out. So be it. I hope you enjoyed. The MVP odds went from Embiid being a minus 240 favorite in the morning to win to minus 115 both ways today. They completely flipped on that. Now, that doesn't mean he's going to lose, but if I'm a voter and I'm sitting there and this was the game I had been waiting, waiting for, that's why this sport can suck at times. It can suck. I've never seen Patrick Mahomes opt out of a game against the Raiders. I don't, I don't have anything else to Joel say. Joel Embiid has played in Denver since 2019, if I have that, if I have that correct. He's not just ducking Jokic, he's ducking this matchup over and over again. And it unless it's on his home court. And yes, you're doing it when you were quite literally right now in a battle with that dude 
for the MVP race. Everybody was going to be keyed in on that game. Everybody wanted to see that head-to-head, and nobody got to see it. The only conclusion I can draw is one of two things. They're telling the truth when they said that he tried to warm up that day and that he is seriously injured. And if you're seriously injured, you've got seven games left in the season. I don't want to see Joel Embiid on the court for any of them. He better be sitting for at least five of these last seven games. Yeah, but serious injury. It's serious injury. You got to miss time. Yeah, then you got to miss time. Then fine. If you if I don't see Joel Embiid for the next five games for the 76ers, then fine. I'll take it all back. But short of that, if that dude is back out there and keeps it moving against the the Mavericks or against the Raptors, then the jig is up. You're scurred. It's the only conclusion to draw. You are ducking Jokic, and you are ducking this situation, and it should cost you the MVP because Nikola Jokic was not scared. Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance. And speaking of the Sixers, tune in to NBA action tomorrow night as the Sixers host the Mavs presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 7 p.m. Eastern on select ESPN radio stations and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Coming up next here on Joe and Amber, The Nets announced something today that probably surprised, well, nobody. We'll get into it. ESPN Radio is also on the ESPN app. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Not a surprising decision to hear that the Brooklyn Nets are shutting down Ben Simmons for the rest of the season. But what does it mean for Ben Simmons' career? We'll get to that in just moments. But first... Joe Fortma is going to do what he tries to do best. He's going to try to make you a little bit of money, honey. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. Little player prop action here. Oklahoma City taking on Charlotte tonight. Jalen Williams. That's J-A-L-E-N. That's important because, believe it or not, there are two Jalen Williams on the Oklahoma City Thunder. Jalen Williams over 24.5 points plus assists. So you combine the two, we got to go over 24.5. He's averaging just 16.9 points and assists per game on the season. So you might say, why the hell would you bet over 24.5? No shy Gilgis Alexander tonight. And when SGA doesn't play, Jalen Williams' numbers go through the roof. Nine games without SGA this season. He's averaging 25.5 points plus assists. In the last four games, he's played without SGA. He's averaging 30 points plus assists. In those nine games without SGA, he's gone over this total in six of nine times. So we are going to go with Jalen Williams over 24.5 points plus assists. Remember when we were debating some something I think on jury duty and I threw into my argument that the Dolphins had multi Jalen's yeah and I like use that four, as yeah. helpful to my position there you go the Oklahoma City Thunder also multi Jalen's Jalen's everywhere I think we have learned that Jalen Rose who claims that his mother was the first to start the Jalen craze uh it started quite literally an entire generation of Jalen's because everybody's named Jalen <laughs> It's a great name, but that's crazy. There's multiple Jalen's on the Thunder. There's m- three Jalen's on the Miami Dolphins, by the way. Everywhere. Can't I'm trying to great think name. of another name, name in a different era that would have had a bunch on the same team, like John. Mike. Has there ever been a time where there's been like just five Johns? Probably. Four Mikes. I mean, we used to have a Joe? radio show here where everyone was named Mike. So you Yeah, know. that's true. That's a good point. Everybody was Mike. conversion so. rate. Joe and Amber is brought to you by Wendy's two for six bucks. The best deal in fast food. Ben is a pretty common name as well. And Ben Simmons uh, has had an uncommon career though. So far, the Brooklyn Nets announced that they are shutting down Ben Simmons for the rest of the season. Uh, here. 
quote from coach Jock Vaughn saying Ben will not be joining us the rest of the year and through the playoffs after consulting with our doctors, multiple specialists. He's just going to begin a rehab program. Our doctors and specialists feel and think that he will have a full recovery recovery. So that starts now. He went on to say that they don't expect Ben Simmons to have to have off season surgery on his back again. Simmons has not played since the Nets final game before the all-star break last month because of a nerve issue in his back. He missed a total of 33 games this season with knee and back injuries. (sighs) I mean, the Ben Simmons saga at this point, Joe, do we think that it's over or is it going to continue in the NBA? It almost feels like we're seeing some sort of conclusion to his career. I think there is a conclusion to the portion of his career where we thought he was going to be this all NBA guy. Like he came out of LSU. He's the number one overall pick. He was supposed to be a superstar. He's not going to be a superstar. There are a lot of things that point to him not being a superstar. Mentally, he's not cut out for it. He's shown us that. Emotionally, he's not cut out for it. He's shown us that. From a production standpoint, over the last four years, he has played in exactly 50% of the regular season games that have taken place. Four years. Excuse me. Yeah, four-year stretch. He has played in half the games. So he doesn't play much. When he does, he doesn't really produce at that high of a level. He's not mentally tough enough to handle the rigors of being an all-NBA guy. He plays good defense. He's averaging 14 points, six rebounds, six assists. So, yeah, he could be a role piece. And if he embraces that at some point, he wants to go out and compete, great. He doesn't really seem like a guy who wants to compete. So in terms of this portion of his career where we viewed him as one of the best players in the game or one of the best young players in the game, I think that part's over. I think he'll probably have a job for a while because, you know, contracts get moved around in the NBA and guys like him will just keep ending up on different teams and they'll try to figure it out and they might have a spurt of good play, but it's not like he's going to emerge into a leader. He's shown nothing in that regard of being an upper echelon top tier guy. So that's that. I would say he's going to be a mid-level guy at best who misses a lot of games with an ego that thinks he's an all-NBA guy, but production levels that rival someone more in the mid-tier or below. I would say to Daryl Morey, who made the trade of James Harden for Ben Simmons, getting rid of Simmons and bringing in James Harden, that's going to go down as one of the most incredible trades of all time. Because you unloaded a guy who does nothing in exchange for someone who, in Harden, you can say what you want about the criticisms, He's out there. He's going to help try to carry the Sixers through the playoffs. Well, and most incredible trade. I mean, relax. If, if the Sixers, if the Sixers win a championship, then we can talk about that. But nevertheless, think about getting right. out getting from this contract. Simmons, getting rid of the Simmons contract deserves a ton of applause, and that's the problem. This is why he won't. He can't just settle into a role, quite literally, as a role player, pun intended, because it's the money. I don't know if it's Ben Simmons' ego at this point, because I tend to agree with you. It seems like he's not cut out for I don't know if he loves playing basketball anymore, and I feel really bad for him, because I think sometimes you find yourself in a situation where you're wildly talented. Like, we see this in sports. You're wildly talented. You're really darn good at what you do. It's come easy for your whole life. It's probably very fun for a very long time, and then you're doing it as a job and as you and I sit here and we do something for a job that is super super cool and super fun it's still a job and when anything's a job there's going to be downsides to it right and so sometimes I think these guys get into the job and things don't quite pan out the way it's not as fun anymore and they can lose their affection for it but they're being paid at such a level that it it kind of tips the scales even more like all the attentions on Ben Simmons when maybe he doesn't want it to be and largely because of the money but you can't settle into a role as a role player when you're making 35 and a half million dollars this year 37 almost 38 million dollars next year 
$40.3 million the year after that, and this dude becomes a free agent in 2025. Like, that is ugly, ugly, the money. Fully guaranteed. And like I said, he plays half the games, and when he does, eh, he's bought in, but not all the way. He's not a killer. There are guys out there that want to be killers. We give Kevin Durant heat all the time. Durant wants to be a killer. LeBron wants to be a killer. Dame Lillard, Steph Curry, they want to be killers. And Simmons is just there. He's just on the roster. That's it. Coming up next here on Joe and Amber, we're going to get back into our heated Lamar Jackson debate. That's next. Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast.